Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. I'm so excited to have Katie Diosti here today. She's the founder and CEO of Viv for Your V. And Katie, so happy to have you here. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Tell us um, about what this awesome business is all about. How did you get it started? And um, what is it? Yeah, absolutely. So Viv is an earth-friendly, more sustainable option for period care products. Um, So we make our products out of organic bamboo fiber, and they're completely plastic-free as well as toxin-free. So typically one pad is equivalent to about four plastic bags and we're reducing a ton of plastic waste by ensuring that our products are all biodegradable Um, and the bamboo fiber itself is actually a lot more sustainable than some of the cotton or even organic cotton options out there. Oh my gosh, I had no idea that that it was the equivalent of four plastic bags. That's nuts. No, it's crazy. What is it about these products? Like, why is this something that you were like, this needs to be something that exists? It's not out there as much yet? And why is it so important? Like you mentioned the plastic bag thing, which is shocking and sounds huge, but what else is it about your products in terms of being better for you and the environment? It sounds like. Right. Yeah. So our products are toxin free. They're free of any nasty chemicals, BPA free, all of that. Um, So you're being a lot nicer to your body, especially a really intimate, more sensitive part of your body that is super absorbent. So the fact that those chemicals still exist on the brands is pretty daunting and concerning, as well as the organic bamboo fiber itself is a lot more absorbent than cotton or even organic cotton. So it's really effective. And not only is it a lot better of a product, but it's better for your body and it's better for our planet since um, that organic bamboo fiber is using less water to grow, no nasty fertilizers, as well as less land to grow. And yeah, so you're you're helping up the planet, reducing your overall CO2 emissions, and you're saving about 48 plastic bags in one one month. So every time you order, so it's definitely a nice small switch you can make to help our planet be a little bit, a little bit cleaner um, and reduce your overall waste consumption. Yeah, wow, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And what um, now? I'm just so curious to you about how you actually create the product like because I imagine you're not the one actually like making it by hand so you have to like communicate to somebody or to the manufacturing plant like this is what we want it to look like like how does that work like I just feel like I can't even imagine how you figure that out and get someone to like make the product right yeah so there's a lot of searching for manufacturers at the beginning um, but also finding ones that I trusted and was comfortable with the product and the working conditions, all that. Um, so that was something I was very, very not only concerned with, but um, thought of as really important, especially when I was studying managing social impact. It was deciding I don't want to have any greenwashing or pretending I was a more sustainable brand than I am. But then it was just reaching out to manufacturers, getting as many samples as possible, having them send me like in-depth ingredient list, how everything is processed, how everything is made. And I was probably the most annoying person ever to them. So you'd kind of be like, I want to make a pad out of basically bamboo fibers. Like, could you do it? And what would it like kind of look like? Like that type of stuff? Like what ingredients would you need to make it like 
stay together and be a physical thing. <laughs> and then they say, like, here's what we can probably do to make it work. And you'd be like, yes or no. Yeah. So a lot of them already have the very like plasticky, chemically filled pads, liners, tampons, all of that as an option to wholesale right away. So it was a bit trickier because we didn't want that product. We wanted a more sustainable, cleaner option, obviously. So it was finding those smaller manufacturers that are aware of sustainability and that are actually innovating in their space and are easy to communicate with their R&D team specifically. Um, So a lot of times I would ask a question to a sales rep but they would have to ask the R&D team. And I ended up speaking more directly with the R&D team. And half the time I would use WhatsApp (laughs) after a while because the emailing back and forth with the time change wasn't as effective. Mm. So for the first few months of working on products, I would often stay up to like have a call with them and it'd be maybe 9, 10, 11 p.m. here. Mm. Um, But with the time difference, that's what worked. So yeah, it was it's a lot of fun. We're still figuring it out and still learning a lot from working with different manufacturers and are talking to even more today to see, to ensure that we are like creating the most effective, most sustainable option for this kind of product. Wow. And like, are you designing everything when it comes to like the marketing or like what the box looks like? And like, cause all of your like stuff looks so nice. Like, <laughs> did you just kind of like yeah. come up with what you wanted it kind of like the look and feel and the branding and stuff? Yeah. Branding is big for us it's so much of who we want to target is about like how we created our brand um so me along with one of my good friends from school who she is an amazing graphic designer she does a lot of stuff on her like ipad pro and oh wow we work together a lot and she has another full-time job too um, with a nonprofit, but this is just something she's passionate about and really, really talented at. So us combined, we can find our brains and we can kind of create that stuff. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So how long have you been in business? How long have you been creating these products? Yeah. So we're still very early on. I've been studying this market and building out the concept for about a year now. Um, been working full time on it since June of 2019, so about six months now. Um, approaching that, which is so crazy. But we just launched our pre-orders in October of 2019, so um, about like a month and a half ago, we launched our pre-orders um, for our products, and we're going to be shipping them out in the next couple weeks. Wow, that's amazing! Congratulations. So hopefully, maybe by the time people hear this. It might, you might already have sent out that first shipment. So so tell us, I guess let's talk a little bit about how that works. So it's basically products you order online and then they're shipped directly to your door. Yes. And you can opt in for a subscription model. So you don't have to think about it every month at the same date that you pick, you get your box delivered to your door. Um, We have pad and liner options right now and tampons are coming soon. So maybe by the time you listen to this, we'll have a tampon option. But yeah, so you can either do subscription box or if you want to try out one box for now and see how you like it, um, that's also an option. That's amazing. How convenient and easy. Yes. So that's complicated though. Like how did you figure out, I mean, I have so many questions, <laughs> like <laughs> logistically. Well, I guess, I mean, how did you figure out how to even make these products? Like how to, you must've had to source a lot of different things in terms of the materials and a place that's going to actually make them and a place that's going to package them and ship them. Like how does that all work? And and how'd you figure that stuff out? 
Yeah, so much goes into building a product than I ever imagined. So I have such appreciation for this whole space now. And it's really interesting. But back when I was building out this concept and studying the market space and doing so a ton of market research, I was actually in college. And I was the fall of my senior year. And I took an entrepreneurship class. And that's kind of where this whole idea and business was born. It was through that class. And it was just to me at the time, a class project that I loved. And since I was at university, I went to our science department and I was like, I'm working on this project for another class, but we're working on trying to make a more sustainable alternative to a lot of the period care products out on the market today. Do you have any advice? And I went to a professor that taught um, sustaining the biosphere. So she knew tons and tons about this space and started just recommending new fibers and new things I should research. And so, of course, I just did deep dives onto like all these different fibers and like studying how they absorb and how much less water they can use. And I even um, would call up like farmers and speak to them firsthand about what their experience is like with using different types of fibers and what they use them for and if they even have a need for some of them. And some people were saying that they just like, it's so abundant that they just throw out or burn some of the fiber in a bonfire pit because it's so like, they didn't realize there was a use for it, which is cool because bamboo, especially which is the product we're starting out with, it's so cheap to make and it's so fast growing. It just grows like very well organically. So we also don't have to add like nasty chemicals into the earth when we're growing our organic um, bamboo fiber, um, which is awesome. So learning about all those different things made it great, but it's also a cheaper material to source. So we're able to price our products at a more affordable rate than some of the other like organic cotton brands out there. Wow. I love that. I mean, you really you used all the resources that you had <laughs> at your disposal because you were in college, which is amazing. Yeah. And so does that mean you just graduated college at the beginning of this year? So yeah, so I graduated in May of 2019. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> Full-time entrepreneur immediately out of college. I think that's so cool. And yeah, you were like, I'm not even going to try to get a full-time job. Let me just create this thing that I'm already doing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting because throughout my senior year, as a lot of, um, like I was in an undergrad business school um, at my university and everyone was like trying to find a job immediately. A lot of like the finance people had jobs like the first week back of school and I was kind of freaking out. And so, yeah, it was, it's really nice to be doing like my own thing. And it's definitely different from all my friends that are just starting out in their nine to fives and getting the hang of it. I'm doing something very different, but it's definitely worth it because we're so, so passionate about what we're building. And we have like a pretty strong hope that it could be something big. So um, it definitely drives us and gets us to the office every day. Totally. So so you said you were in business school and you were obviously in this entrepreneurial like class, but had you like thought that was kind of the end goal or were you, I mean, I know you said you were applying for jobs, but was that kind of like something you felt like you should do, but you always wanted to be an entrepreneur or business owner, or did that only come out of this class project where you were like, Oh wait, I could do this. Yeah. I did not 
really know much about entrepreneurship at all. Like go, even going into my senior year, I'm still learning a ton about it every day until <laughs> now after like a year of understanding entrepreneurship kind of. But I was a marketing um, concentration. So I had to take, you know, all those finance accounting classes that I often dreaded, honestly. Um, but I loved all of my marketing classes, my branding classes, as well as I was studying managing social impact as a minor and understanding how brands now can have a power to actually create change and voting with your dollars. And I just thought how like incredible that was. Um, and would study other brands and like thought I would want to work for one of them. And then after this class, um, I was so into what I had just built out of a class project that I was like, wait, I'm not done with this. Like maybe I'll make my own sustainable, like empowering brand. Um, and run with it. And so that's kind of where it started. I have some family members that are a little bit into entrepreneurship too. They definitely have that mindset, some of my uncles and such. Um, but most of my family members work in medicine, um, or doctors, or veterinarian, or dentists. So the fact that I was even doing business was like a little different from the rest of my family. And it was like, okay, what are you doing with this marketing thing? But it's again, just like paving your own path and doing something you're passionate about. Because I really believe if you like do something you love, you could be good at it. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. So when did you, or how did you figure out like what else you would need to do? I mean, I know you did like the research into like what to source and things like that, but did you figure out like, okay, I need like these people to like help me like to start to build out a team. Have you been thinking about that? Are you kind of doing everything on your own right now? What does that look like? Yeah, so definitely have been leveraging my community a lot and anyone that like wants to help out or get involved because that's been like so useful and powerful. But after the fall of my senior year, after that class project, my university was hosting like an accelerator program for like student entrepreneurs. Um, So I did that all of my uh, senior spring and I was not really expecting to like hop into it, but I absolutely loved it. And it was funny because on like Thursday nights when everyone's going out, I was going to like workshop meetings to like build my company. And we had Sunday and Saturday morning, like grind hours where all of us like startup kids were like in a room just trying to make something. And it was definitely made it to be like a really busy time in my life, but I didn't even care because I was so into it. So that was an amazing resource and connected us to so many people that have done this before and have experience with entrepreneurship, but as well as building a product and what that really means. So it's, it's mainly been a ton of like, obviously Googling, doing your research, but just talking to someone else who's done it and just starting and doing, because I think that's like the one way you learn and can figure it out. But then after we finished that accelerator, few weeks before I graduated, we got into a second accelerator program that was run by some alumni from my school. And we got a little bit of funding there. So that helped us like get moving a bit as well as um, opened us up to even more opportunities and more connections um, in the Boston area too. That was going to be my next question. I I just feel like always with with any product-based business, you need some kind of capital to yeah, I mean, I guess you said you did pre-orders, so that can help in terms of knowing people are buying, but how did you or did you raise money beyond that and to get like materials and <laughs> everything like that going? 
Yeah. So Bianca, we haven't raced at all yet. Um, wow. Gearing up for that, but for the past what is it year or so, we've been doing everything for free, basically, or very low cost. Wow. It was mainly just the inventory itself that we've been paying for. Um, a few other like minor costs here and there, but it's been a lot of like organic reach. So go to a ton of like networking events and people always ask at those like, Oh, what do you do? And you start talking about your startup and try to get feedback on what they're reacting to and what messaging works best. And it was a lot of that for a while as well as like building a social platform organically and like trying to get um, other people involved that are just genuinely passionate about it. And we're willing to help you out for free. Um, actually took us pretty far, which is really cool. But yeah, so it's definitely been a lot of like organic reach, partnering with co-working spaces now, and we're going to be giving them some free products to like put in their restrooms as in return for having our like QR codes and all of our branding out there. Um, That's a great idea. Yeah. So now that we've done a lot for free um, and we kind of need more people, we need a bigger team. That's what we're gearing for next is to start raising. Um, so we can really just hire as well as expand our reach marketing wise. Yeah. It sounds like you have a, like a really exciting stage coming up for the BMF 2020. Yes. Lots of fun stuff for t- planned for 2020 for sure. Um, you totally might not know this or have anything like this kind of figured out or in front of you right now. Cause I didn't tell you I was going to ask this, but <laughs> do you have like a sense of, or have you set goals, I guess maybe for like what sales would look like in a year or even for the first launch or anything like that, like what you're expecting or like trying to build towards or grow into? Yeah. So I definitely give myself a lot of short term goals, like month by month goals. Um, <laughs> Cause as like a very recent college student, recent grad, um, I, deadlines are still like kind of how I work and they make sure I don't procrastinate. So I create deadlines like for myself um, in a sense. And those are hitting those milestones and goals for sales. So we have a pre-order goal as well as goals for how many like partnerships we want to do. And then a goal for product development because we do want to expand our product line soon. We haven't really set a final number for like year to 18 months away because I'm really excited to just speak to customers. Those are our first um, customers that have ordered. So we sold uh, over 625-ish boxes so far in the past wow. like month and a half, uh, which has been really exciting. Um, wow. Like, yeah, that sounds like a big number for the very <laughs> first pre-sale. Yes, that's been that's been cool. It definitely has its like spikes, obviously, like some days we'll get a lot more, um, some weeks are lower. Um, I definitely seeing some patterns there. Um, but I'm more excited to just get out there and learn from our customers, see what they like when they get their first boxes and adjust a lot within the next year. The first, the next few months, I'm going to be like less worried about, um, exact sales and more worried about like ensuring that this is going well in the right product that people want and then in turn hopefully that will lead to like more loyalty more sales yeah that. yeah totally so how um do you have things like processes in place for how to talk to customers or is it more just like people that you actually know who you who you know are buying and you're talking with or how are you like because I think that's such an important way to get the feedback and build the brand like that's such a customer-centric way to build a brand which makes so much sense especially 
in this day and age, I feel like, but what have you kind of put in place for doing that? Yeah. So I'm definitely hesitant to talk to like good friends and family members about how they feel about the product. Cause there's this thing called the mom test and it's like, they're going to tell you it's amazing no matter what and how great you are. And they could secretly hate it, but they're still going to be like, this is the best thing ever. We're so proud of you. But I like want the harsh criticism. Like I want someone to tear it apart and tell me every little thing that they didn't like, everything they did like, um, and what they would want to see in the future. So I want to go past those people I know. So when I scroll through our orders and I, like to start out, you recognize a lot of those names. You recognize some of your own last name because of your aunt. That's amazing. And ordered some boxes and you're like, thanks so much. Like aunt Jen, like you're the best, but it's going past those people and saying like, huh, like how did that person even find us? And then individually reaching out and being as authentic as possible and saying, hi, like, thank you so much for being a part of this and ordering and caring about our mission as much as we do. Do you mind if we chat for a few minutes on the phone so I can hear about your experience with the brand? So you're really emailing people who ordered and yeah, (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That's as personal as it can get. Right. Yeah. And we sent out like handwritten thank you notes to all of our first, all of our pre-orders, give them some stickers, that kind of thing. And yes, those things are super time consuming and can feel really tedious and, I know some people don't really like doing that because they feel like it's a waste of time, but it's those things I think that show how strong of a brand you are and how much you care about your customers and what you're building. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that once they've talked to you in person, like they're they're not going to forget to order their next box. Like, And if they now see you, whatever, on social media or whatever, like they're going to be more likely to comment on your stuff and like be like feel like they're really a part of the community and that's what's going to get them to recommend you to their friends and everything else that you want in terms of building that word of mouth and just that customer loyalty so I think that's huge yeah building a community is was our number one depth um and I'm happy it was because before we even were looking at products to source and where we're going to find them and manufacturers and all that I was like okay I'm going to start from the basics and just build our Instagram page and start following people that care about the same things that this brand does and go to events where people in Boston care about these same things and these same topics and discuss it there. And that's been really helpful now. Um, it's like starting to like more pay off with like pre-orders because those people that, that one person I met at a conference is now ordering a box. Wow. Yeah, that's such a good idea. I think that's amazing and it's clearly working if you if you had that many people order the first order and hey, it's a product that they're going to need again and again as long as they like it and feel like they liked you. Absolutely. So, what um what does like your day-to-day look like? And I know that's such a hard question especially when your business is still so new and you're probably doing everything, but I mean not even just in the business, like like what is it like to be an entrepreneur who just graduated college and went straight into this? Like what is your life like? Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I think college kind of prepared me well because I was one of those people that was in a million clubs and had a day scheduled from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day. And that wasn't weird to me. So hopping into a slightly more busy, like another busy career path was actually not too bad. It was more of the fact that I was 
like less surrounded by as many wasn't surrounded by as many peers or people that was like the weird part because I am doing a lot on my own on a day-to-day and you do spend a lot of time on your own especially as a solo founder right now which I've definitely like learned a lot from but it's a lot of like building in parts of my day that are for me too and like not work (laughs) which is a lot easier said than done so I like schedule a workout class or going to the gym as if it's like a meeting on my calendar and I like can't miss it as as much as I wouldn't miss like a call or anything like that Mm -hmm. Um, and those different things like scheduling in social hours into my google calendar as like lame as that is it's actually like so effective but yeah it's honestly at some points um felt like more free time because a lot of the work I do like going to events or networking events that like I'm talking about the brand we have a bunch of markets coming up that we're going to and a lot of meetings with co-working spaces so those things are actually very fun to me so I don't really feel as much like work so which is great but also you have to remember to like not be working all the time so that's something I'm still balancing still trying to figure out well yeah I mean that's the thing it's like when you're doing what you want to do and it's your business it's not going to all feel like work and I guess that's the best part it's like I want to do this I want to do that I want to do this and even if you're doing it all day long it's like the fun stuff obviously not all of it's the fun stuff but a lot of it is (laughs) exactly yes and it's pushing myself to like obviously doing the fun stuff is the easiest part and the best part but it's pushing myself to do the things that I don't like as much and scheduling my time in a way where I'm I would do this exercise with one of my mentors of how many, like what percent of each week I'm spending on product development, a percent of each week I'm spending on sales, on building content, on reaching out to the community. And that really helps of like actually reaching all of your goals. Because if I'm so into building content and I spend like three days straight on making Instagram posts, but I didn't do anything with sales or product development, like that's not going to take me very far. So that was also an adjustment at the very beginning was realizing I can't just do the fun things. <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Cause also you can get really like caught up into a certain thing. So even if it is the fun thing or, or is not the fun thing, once you kind of get into it, it's like, it could be something that is going to take three days in a row or, or three days total or something that's going to take three weeks total, but you can't necessarily let everything else fall by the wayside while you do that thing. So you have to figure out how to like, still get other things done enough to keep them moving forward too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It sounds like a lot to be doing <laughs> kind of on your own. <laughs> yes, but you know, that's the early stage startup grind. I'm excited to be building a team soon and have more people. Um, yeah. Do you have a sense of like what the first things are that you want to be like, this is totally off my plate. This is like the first higher or whatever or you you keep saying we as if you already have somewhat of a team so I don't mean to imply that you don't have anybody I'm not (laughs) sure but (laughs) yes yeah no we definitely have uh, a few part-time people that help out but overall I've been looking at like since I have a more marketing branding background someone with more of an operation supply chain background but in general I think it's just important to find someone that is really driven and passionate about the business itself and knows how to meet goals as well as like be dedicated to the brand and be dedicated more long term. So those are the things I'm going to look for first. And then those skill sets 
part of the second. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. What kind of tools do you use to kind of manage everything right now? So pretty basic. Then Google Calendar like runs my entire life. Like mm-hmm. I literally what I check first thing in the morning and as I go to bed. Um, so that's been a big one. We've done a lot of obviously Google Drive, all of that, Slack. Um, those are big tools. Um, and since a lot of us are pretty young and um, used to just being on our phones a lot, <laughs> we do a lot of like texting and group message, which I think has its pros and cons because it's like, when does work end? When does it begin? Remembering the context. But at the same time, we can just say so much more and like get so many more ideas out there when I just text someone that's working on a video or text someone that's making an Instagram post and just send like five in a row and we have this relationship where we're like, it's okay if they don't respond right away because this is it business hours kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So what is one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first began? Yeah. So when I first began, like at first I would want to say like some kind of skill set, you know, like I wish I knew coding or design better or those different things, but it's actually not that I feel um, because you do you can learn those things along the way right like whether you teach yourself or hopefully hire someone that does have those skills the thing I wish I knew from like the very very jump was how to be better at asking for you what you want and what you need right away and being really upfront and not being like too timid about it or waiting till the second or third meeting to talk about what your goals and intentions are Um, because one that's just not productive for anybody and too, it's your could be passing up a lot more opportunities than you realize. So that's definitely something I wish I had known, like from the very start. Yeah, that's such a good one. What do you think, or do you have any thoughts? That's like something you would want to share specifically with other entrepreneurs or business owners as they start their journey. Yeah. Well, first of all, they're starting the journey. Make sure it's a consumer base or per- group of people or someone or something that you would want to serve for a really long time. Something that you can see yourself um, serving forever. So with my consumer menstruators or people have periods, and I could totally see myself working with that group of people forever, as well as just beginning and doing is the hardest part. So you do learn along the way. It's like you entrepreneurship, there's not one way to do it. You know, there's not one right way. There's so many different types of entrepreneurs. So figuring out who you are and what kind of entrepreneur you are is a really big aspect as well as, as then I think this is especially true for female entrepreneurs or any kind of like minority entrepreneur. Um, it's, it's a lot about your mindset and taking in each day. So I think self-care is really, really important because this can be a really hard space for female founders since there's not a ton of us. So building those communities where you're talking to other female founders, sharing the same struggles, or I will meet some of my friends and just go on and on about something some male like VC said that was completely uncalled for. And just having those support systems are really what does keep you going. Um, yeah, so as long as you're taking care of your mindset, staying positive, and meeting those small goals along the way, as well as just starting then I think that's the best thing to know. Yes, I love it. And I mean, I want to say like, I didn't even know when we set this up that you were in Boston and (laughs) I think that's amazing. And 
I don't know how much research you did into the podcast before you <laughs> even reached out, but we do monthly meetups with for other female millennial entrepreneurs in the area. So I totally hope that you come and meet everybody there next time and can be a part of that community a little bit more. Oh my gosh. I would love that. Yes. Always add to me more female entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's what we're all about. And I think probably just about everybody could use your products and yeah, yeah. <laughs> sign up and have that delivered to their door every month. So yeah, we should, I mean, we should talk more, <laughs> but tell everyone. So you said that the pre-orders are going out soon. So probably by the time this goes out, but that people can sign up for, did you say you can already sign up for like a monthly recurring shipment or that's coming soon? So like logistically, that'll be coming soon once we have the products, but you can right now sign up for a yearly subscription at a discounted rate um, as well as just by individual boxes. But if you do sign up for a year, you get each box for a much lower price. Awesome. Okay. So tell people where they can go to sign up for that right now or to just buy the first box. Yeah, so if you go to um, you can go on there and shop and order right now and your products will just arrive at your door. Tell everyone where they can find you personally if they want to connect online or offline and or have questions about your products or your life or what you do, anything like that. We love to just let people connect as much as possible if they hear you on here. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So always add me on LinkedIn, Katie Giossi. Follow me on Instagram if you want and DM me. I'm I'm at that stage. I don't mind. Just at Katie Giosti. Um, but you can find a lot of that other information through our website and all of our emails are on our website too. Since we're such a small startup, I think a lot of other startups are like this. If you email like info at Viv for your V, like I will get your email. So <laughs> It's it's pretty personal. So yeah, um, but mainly if you want to stay up to date, our Instagram, we're always updating that with different Instagram stories and what we're doing on a day-to-day. So highly recommend following us and just learning more about what we're building and the products themselves and the whole movement we're trying to create. Awesome. Yeah. And that's just at Viv for your V on Instagram too? At Viv for your V on all of it, on Facebook, Instagram, everything. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll add links to all of those things in the show notes. People can find you and yeah, hopefully everyone will go and order these products and try them out and we can give more feedback and be the first members of your product community. Amazing. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here today. This sounds so cool. I'm so glad to talk to you. Yeah, it was so nice to talk to you. This is awesome. I'll see you at an event, I'm sure, pretty soon with other female entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at Female Millennial Entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.